Hope you all are well. Welcome to Thrive Church, if we haven't said that already. Um, So I would just like to thank Pastor Sheldon, that was very kind words to say about me. But thank you for inviting me um, to speak today. And I also wanted to thank Michelle. Um, Michelle Miles spoke a few weeks ago, and it was just a great inspiration for me. So thank you, Michelle, um, for that. So God, God's been stirring in my heart lately um, that I should preach, that I should speak. Um, I never, ever, ever thought that would happen, I guess. I never thought I would be up here, uh, but the Lord has just been talking to me lately. But I said, when Sheldon first asked me, he doesn't know this, he had given me a list of kind of sermons um, that he might be preaching um, in the next few months. And when I was looking at that list, he said, well, maybe you should preach one of these. Um, This sermon is the one that jumped off the page. But I thought he had told me that if there was a PS behind it, which means Pastor Sheldon, um, that that was already taken, and that's one that I, I couldn't have. So I was thinking, well, I, I don't know about these other ones. So I shoved it in my desk drawer, and I left it there. But God just kept talking to me about this and talking to me about this. And um, so one day, he, he was out of town, and he was at a conference, I believe, and texting me a few things um, to do, probably. And... Uh, I was like, you know what, I think he's about to ask me to preach. And sure enough, that's what the next text was. And he asked me to preach this sermon. And I thought, yes, that totally connects. That's, that's the one. That's the one that's, that God wants me to talk to you about today. So thank you. So even though I didn't want to do it, I thought of all of you. I did. I thought of all the times that I have asked many of you to step outside of your comfort zone and to be obedient to God and to serve in places maybe that you weren't as comfortable. So I thought, well, I better practice what I preach, right? If I'm asking you to do this, then I should definitely be doing this myself. So the other day I was talking to our tech director, Michael Chang, who had um, these words of wisdom for me. And I quote, Sandy, Everyone has a few couple first bad sermons. But don't worry, don't worry, because this will be the best sermon you have ever preached. And that is true. So thank you, Michael. Thank you. So a little bit about myself. Um, I have been married to my husband, Eric, who is actually not here today, so hopefully he will hear this later. But I've been married to my husband, Eric, for what will be 20 years on June 1st, which seems unbelievable. He has put up with me for 20 years. I don't know how he did it, but he did. We have three children, um, Noah, who is going to be a sophomore in college, Isaiah, which is out, he's out in the audience, he will be a freshman in, in high school next year, and then our little guy Malachi, who isn't so little anymore because he's taller than I am, um, will be a sixth grader. Um, Pastor Sheldon had said how, how kids are a gift from God, and they are, they are truly a gift. They drive me crazy, but they are a gift. <laughs> So we spent, in our marriage, we spent the first 10 years of our marriage, my husband was in the Navy. So we spent um, a lot of time all over the country, 
But about 10 years ago, God brought us back to Wausau, brought us back to this church, and we have been here ever since. So currently I serve this church as the, my official title is ministry administrator. Um, but I've also been called many other things, receptionist, secretary, admin, assistant, this is a good one, church boss. And my newest title, this came from my life group, Andrew, if you're out there, I'm the church lady. So God specifically called me, I remember, when we first started um, coming back to what was then Christian Assembly is now Thrive Church. I was probably sitting over here in this section, and I, got, I just got a, a download, as Pastor Sheldon likes to say, from God, and he said, kids' ministry is where you need to be serving. And I thought, really, kids? Like, I've just spent the last 10 years, my husband was out to sea with kids all the time. But if God calls you, that's where you go. So that's what I did. I started as a small group leader. In fact, um, a couple of the first kids that I have are graduating high school this year. Um, Trent is one of them, Trent and Zach. Uh, so I have a lot of fond memories of them as, as little kids. But I went from a small group leader to, a, um, to the early childhood director and then on to be just over kids' ministry completely. And through a lot of twists and turns and, and things that God has done in my life, I ended up being the ministry administrator, or as I like to say, the church lady. So today we will be continuing with the sermon series, The X Factor. So as Christians, do you guys remember who is our X Factor? It's the Holy Spirit, right? He's the one that empowers us. So we have spent time together discovering who the Holy Spirit is. We all have the Holy Spirit at conversion. And we've also spent time learning about the Spirit-empowered gifts. So each and every one of us has a gift that's been given to us, and it is powered by the Holy Spirit, and together our gifts work together to be a unified body. Today we will be talking about the fruit of the Spirit, all those great things that the Spirit produces in our life. So if you have your Bible with you, I'd like you to turn to Galatians 5, and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is separate from the um, gifts of the Spirit that we talked about last week. In fact, did you know that you can be operating in your spiritual gifts but not have being producing fruit? So like, for example, today I could preach this sermon, but then I could go home and I could not have love. I could be unjoyful. I could have no peace. I could have no patience or kindness or self-control. And I truly believe that this is the one thing that causes a lot of confusion to the outside world. Because we claim to be one thing, but then our actions show something else. 
our character doesn't line up with what we claim sometimes. So what is character? Character is a combination of your actions and your attitudes that you demonstrate every single day. It's who we really are. It's the fruit that's in our lives. Our character is either being shaped by our sinful nature or by the Spirit of God. Jesus says this in John 15, 5. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So we need to be connected to the vine, right? So the question I have for you is, if you're a Christ follower and you know that you know that you know Jesus, you have a connection to the vine. And that's the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. But how much of the Holy Spirit are you allowing to change you? So remember, the Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So two things I want us to keep in mind while we talk about this first today. Number one, um, Paul wrote this letter. He was clearing up some uh, false teachings that were going around in the church at the time. False teachings that stated that the Old Testament law was still a requirement for Christians, um, for the Christian faith. And two, that the true fruit that is produced is only, say only, only produced by the Holy Spirit. So this is what Rick Warren had to say about character in our lives. Every problem is a character-building opportunity. Do you guys feel that? Character-building opportunity is in our problems. An opportunity for the Holy Spirit to produce fruit. So I've got a little story for you. If we can have that next slide. So I don't know if anyone has seen this floating around social media, but I saw this and I thought, do, do you men, um, do you feel like you are the top? Do you feel like that's you? Women, do you feel like you're the bottom? Yeah? Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm odd because I don't, I don't identify with the bottom. I definitely identify with the top. Okay, so I'm a person that goes to the store. I have a list if I go to the store. I want to get in. I want to get out. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to do what I need to do and move on. Okay, so I definitely identify with the top of this, right? So my dislike for shopping, which I don't know if I can say that as a woman, but I dislike shopping, started, I believe, when me and my husband were living in Georgia. I had just had my third child, and Eric was going out to sea on his submarine for three months, um, and it was during this entire summer. So that meant everywhere I went, 
I had three children with me, and there was no escape. So it dawned on me, you know, I have to go grocery shopping every week. I really think that's where my kids started to love Chick-fil-A because we may have gone through the drive-thru a few too many times because it was a block away. But so first time I take all three kids to the store by myself, we're going to the commissary on the base, which means grocery store for civilians. And in the South, it's super hot in the summer, super hot. And uh, you know how here we have to warm up the car because it's too cold outside and we need to get it hot? Well, in the South, you turn on the car to cool it down because the buckles will literally burn your skin. So the first thing I have to do is turn on the car, get it cool. Dress all three kids, and you know if you've ever gotten three kids ready to go anywhere, it should be considered an Olympic sport. So get everybody buckled in the car, we're ready to go, and inevitably, in the South, there can be clear skies everywhere. And from out of nowhere, I mean nowhere, a torrential downpour will happen. So we get to the store, at this point it's raining, the two-year-old has undressed himself somehow because they always do in the car. I've got the umbrella, right? And I've got it wedged between my armpit and the door of the car, trying to unbuckle a kid. Get everybody out of the car. Put the baby in the front of the car, or in the front of the cart. Put the toddler inside the cart. Hold the five-year-old's hand, right? Now I'm using the umbrella for them, so I'm soaking wet. You get inside, it's hot outside, so what is it inside? It's freezing cold because they put on the air conditioning. So now I'm cold, I'm wet, but we're all still alive, so it's okay. But I've got the two-year-old inside the cart, so that means I can't fit a whole lot of groceries in there, but we get what we need, you know, for the week. And every single traveling trip, you know, someone needs to eat, someone may have filled their diaper, and someone always has to go to the bathroom. So these things take forever. But we do this on repeat for the next 12, 18 weeks while Eric is at sea. And we survive. But this is one reason why shopping and I don't get along. The other reason why is, I don't know if anyone else has this, but you go to the store, you're minding your own business, and out of nowhere, someone comes along and they feel like you need to know their whole life story. And I don't know if it's just my personality, but I get drawn in. And I'm listening, and I'm listening, and I'm listening. In fact, one time a friend of mine came down to Georgia to visit me, and we're in the checkout at Walmart, and someone's just talking away to me, and I'm listening. And we leave the store, and my friend was like, well, how do you know this person? You know, do you go to church with them or something? And I said, I've never met them a day in my life. Like, they just tell me their stuff, you know? So I don't know if that happens to you, but it happens to me. Reason two, I don't like shopping. So does any remember pre-pandemic world? Pre-pandemic, did you know that they invented grocery pickup prior to the pandemic? I know that because I dislike shopping a lot. And so I feel like I was the first person to sign up for this. It is the best thing. So on this one particular day, about two months ago, I needed to go to the store, 
and I had to go into the store um, because I needed to pick up some prescriptions for my dad. And you can't do that through pickup. So I went into the store with my plan, like the first picture, like how men shop. I had, you know, what I wanted, what I needed, and where I was going in my head. But who knows that God has a sense of humor? And Walmart is always a character-building opportunity. So first stop is I need to take some items back, do some returns. How many people here have a return from Christmas yet still rolling around in their trunk? Okay, I do that because I don't like to go in the store. So first stop is the return. I had an item, it was a gift. I did not have a receipt. But who knows, you can take anything back to Walmart. They'll take anything. In fact, one time I saw a guy, he was taking back a vacuum cleaner that looked to be like 10 years old, no box, no receipt, had the dirt in it. And they took that back, so I just figure I'm good. So I wait, there's about you know five people in line, and I'm watching. One cashier looks like she's having a really bad day. Not so happy. The other cashier, great, this is the one I want, because I don't have a receipt, this is the one I want. Luckily for me, I get up there and it's my turn, and the friendly, friendly cashier is mine. And I say, hey, you know, I've got this item. It was a gift. I don't really want it. It's new. I haven't taken it out of the bag. I, you know, I don't have a receipt. Tell her the whole story. She's like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. She's typing on her computer and overcomes the lady that wasn't having a very good day. And she comes over to my line. She's like, well, we can't take that back. And the cashier's like thinking, well, why not? Well, we can't take that back because she doesn't have a receipt. She could have stole this item and brought it back. And I was thinking, you take everything back. You took the vacuum cleaner back with the dirt in it, but you're not going to take mine back? Okay. So not what I had planned, but, you know, I can, I can tell that I can't push this, push this issue because I'm not going to get what I want, and it's really not a big deal. So I said, okay, I'll just keep this item. I'll put it back in my cart. On to stop two. Stop two is the pharmacy. Now, I don't know if you know, but uh, Walmart or the pharmacy sends you a text message when your, your items are ready to pick up. On the way into the store, I got a text message saying, you know, your prescription is ready. Great. This is great. For some reason, I deleted that, though. I never delete text messages, like, ever. But as I got it, I deleted it. Don't know why. To this day, don't know why. So I get in the line, and I go up, and... You have to give them the date of birth. And I say, you know, 12, 20, 42 for my father. She checks the computer. Um, oh, for some reason, he's not in here. Well, I'll try this other computer. And she moves over. Same thing. She's like, ma'am, you have to give me an actual birthday because this person is not in our computer. And I say, well, I literally just picked up stuff here last week. Like, I don't know what would have happened. And you sent me a text message, except I don't have that now. So she's like, well, hold on. You know, maybe there's something wrong. So she turns around, the pharmacist is back here, and asks the pharmacist, hey, you know, this lady's here to pick up the prescription for this person. And the pharmacist is like, oh, yeah. He came about a half an hour ago to pick up his prescription. And so my head is going, what? 
I know my father doesn't drive. I'm the one that picks up all his prescriptions. So something is wrong here. So now I'm thinking you've given his prescription to some other guy and that's not good. So I can tell that the lady behind the counter is getting pretty irritated with me because I just keep saying the same thing. Like, no, his prescription's supposed to be here. And she's getting upset with me and I can feel myself getting upset with her. And I thought, nope, we're going to stop right here. And it's not a big deal. I still have other things I need to do on my list and I will just come back, right? So I don't know how many of you know, but I have an app on my phone that you can scan grocery items with. So my next stop was grocery shopping for me and grocery shopping for my dad. Very small list, five items each. I scan my items and I put them in the cart and I can check out on my phone. My dad's items I put in the cart because I'm paying with a different card and I go through the self-checkout line. So I get up to self-checkout. I've already paid for my items and I'm scanning my dad's items. And over comes the lady that works at Walmart and she says, well, why do you have items in your cart here that you didn't pay for? Why are you stealing these items? You need to take everything back out of the bag. You're taking these items. And I nicely explained. I said, hey, you know, I, I bought them on my app. They're, it's a separate order. And she said, no, you're stealing these items. You need to take them back all out of your cart. We need to start over. And I'm like, ma'am, I paid for the items. I have the receipt right here on my phone. And I can tell, like, I'm getting irritated now. Now, I was nice to you when I came in, right? But now my flesh is like, you are irritating. Because why? Because I already hate shopping. All of these employees have been rude to me. I haven't accomplished one thing on my list, and I'm a list person. I'm not being treated fairly. And at this point, I have every right, at least I think I have every right, to throw the giant tantrum that is going on in my head. My flesh has decided that I've had it, and I'm going to let this lady have it. So don't you think that sometimes the truth of our character comes out not in our initial interactions with people? So even my flesh knows that I can be nice to someone and that they're probably going to be nice back to me and I'm going to get what I want. But the truth of our character, I think, comes out and is, re is revealed in our reactions. See, Paul didn't um, say that we have fruit only when, or that the fruit of our lives only reveals itself when things are going our way, right? That we only have to be patient, kind, loving when things are going our way. Remember, our character is either being shaped by our own sinful nature or by the Spirit of God. Galatians 5.17 says this, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in constant conflict with each other. So that you are not doing whatever, so that you are not to do whatever you want. I think if we pause long enough before we react, we can hear the Holy Spirit 
giving us an opportunity for him to prune our branches, right? Do you guys remember those bracelets from the 90s? It said WWJD. They were kind of a fashion statement, I think. But I really think the true meaning behind these was to look at it and say, okay, hold on, I need to pause for a minute and let the Holy Spirit speak to me. Have you ever known someone that's in constant conflict that just seems to have no peace? This was definitely me prior to Jesus. That cashier and I prior to Jesus would have had words with each other. And from time to time, that old me rises up, right? So now in this, in this moment, I had a choice to make. I heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me, you have no excuse because you know who I am. And we're not gonna go there and we're not gonna do that because you know who I am. But what does it mean to know Jesus? Remember, Paul was writing the letter to the church to correct some false teachings that said, follow these rules so that you can have salvation. But it's amazing how we do the same thing. Paul's words then are just as relevant and true as they are for us today. Paul was saying, your head knowledge, your law, that's not enough. You can't get to where we're going on head knowledge alone. And once you know, once you know that you know, that you know Jesus, that's what the Holy Spirit was saying to me. You know me, you know me in here. The false, narrative, the false narrative is this. We have that slide. So we work from the outside of this circle to the inside, right? We change our behavior. We follow the rules. We follow the law. And we think that that's going to change our heart. And if our hearts change, that means we can get closer to God. But that's the wrong way around. We need to work from the inside of this circle out. We know Jesus, and he changes my heart. And once my heart is changed, my behaviors change. We already have all that we need, the Holy Spirit. Allow God to change your heart, which will change your character. See, my story is a small example, but I believe that we encounter these things every single day, correct? So the bottom line is you can be led by the flesh or you can be led by the spirit of God, but you can't be led by both because they're in constant conflict. But there's hope because we have the truth living inside of us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. 
See, it's not about what we do. It's, what, it's about what we become through Jesus and his redeeming work in our life. So stop striving to become better. Instead, ask God to continue his redeeming work inside of you. But how do we do this? How do we get to know who God is? First of all, we talk to him, we pray. You can have a conversation with God anywhere at any time. We study his word. We, we know who he is because of his word. This is a good one too. We join a life group, like-minded people. Iron sharpens iron, right? People to hold you accountable. Paul says in Romans, I feel an obligation. I feel an obligation to the world to tell them about Jesus. Paul felt obligated. Do you feel that obligation? Do you feel it in your heart? See, I have a life group and I, I, I have some really smart people that are in my life group. And sometimes we, we use these questions, these talking point questions. And this one came up a couple weeks ago. And it says, how has your faith impacted your life, your school, your friends, your work? We should be able to answer that with, I've changed. But how can we impact those around us if we're not producing fruit? Remember, we can be using our giftings, right? But we can lack fruit and the world can see right through that. They can see through our fake character. It's counterproductive. It doesn't make sense. So are you allowing the Holy Spirit to impact your day-to-day life? Like this card says. So who are we when your neighbor puts up that political sign in their front yard of someone you would never vote for? Who are we when we get stuck or cut off in traffic? Who are you when you get skipped over for that promotion at work? When you come home from a really long day at work and you still have demands with the kids and your spouse? Who are you when everyone else is doing it so it's no big deal? Do we look like the rest of the world? It's been said before, I've heard this. I'm not who I could be. I'm not who I should be. But if I look behind me, I'm not who I was. Can you say that? I'm not who I was. So my question for you today is, who are you allowing to shape your character? What does the fruit on your branches look like? If you're connected to the vine, are you allowing the spirit to produce fruit in you? Do you feel that today? Do you feel like you need something fresh, something new? Lord, I just wanna pray with all of you this morning. God, I just lift up every single person in this room, Father. God, we have declared the word influence this year, but we can't influence people without your Holy Spirit, Father. 
So I ask that you fill every single person in this room, God, with a fresh, new fruit of the Spirit, Lord, that can only come from you, God, so that we can influence the 715 and beyond, so we can do what you have called us to do, Father. God, I thank you. I thank you for this time with these people, Lord. And I just thank you that that we can gather together today in this building, God. I just ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.